Hodger Gracie, 10 time world champ. Thank you for sitting down, taking the time. Uh, I guess to start off, I guess I should uh, explain kind of what you did for me and maybe that's a kickoff point for uh, kind of the conversation. Um, the first thing, uh, obviously I met you uh, training, a client of mine wanted to try jujitsu. I had a previous history with jujitsu that was MMA derived. So after like, Three or four years of that, I just, ah, it's not for me. Totally different culture. I kind of wrote it off as something that I didn't want to be involved in. He wanted to try it, and I was like, ah, you got to be careful with who you go to. You get hurt really, really easily. So to protect him injury-wise, I can be a dummy. And then uh, obviously we got uh, involved in, with you, gracious enough to take a private. And there was something in that first session about how you taught jujitsu that I had missed the first time at all, and it was obviously with the gi, but I think what I picked up on was you had an inherent passion for teaching that I didn't expect from like a high level competitor. There's usually a separation that I see. Um, and that immediately got my attention. And then I kind of went off on the last six or seven years just down a jujitsu path that I did, wasn't expecting. So thank you for that, uh, kind yeah, of. Yeah. It's like half thank you. <laughs> it's been painful. Uh, but also uh, it's really showed me what jujitsu can teach you about other things like it's i think phenomenally it it's a good uh medium to to learn different life lessons so in that vein i think my first question is uh, aside from the competitor side of you like what does jujitsu do for you because you're still very obviously it's your passion still um what do you what do you get out of jujitsu besides the winning aspect uh i mean i think now for me, there's no longer the winning aspect because I don't compete anymore, mm. right? I guess now it's, it's, it's purely the love of sport. I mean, I, I used to love competing, you know, this was one of my main passions, but I always knew my whole life that that would come to an end at some point. Mm. Like every athlete, there's, a, there's an end date. You cannot be an athlete forever. So I always knew my competitive life was, was, was going to come to an end at some point. But luckily, you know, it's, I think I love this sport so much that the, 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 the fact, you know, the training is, it's amazing. The teaching is amazing. I think they're all still part of the same thing. So now it's, it's no longer as a competitive to, you know, winning and losing. Now it's just, you know, doing something that you love for the rest of your life. Mm. I think that's when you truly love something, you can do forever. But you have to love what you do. So it's impossible if you don't. And you knew this at a young age. Like, uh, uh, I mean... I never stopped to reflect how much I love this sport. Mm. I've just, I always like training. I never dislike training. As I think, as a young kid, I never trained a lot in mm. terms of, I wasn't a super active, you know, a kid training jujitsu. I used to train when I could. Uh, you know, there was some periods of time that I didn't train at all. And then I was back in it, but I was always some sort of involved somehow. I was training what I could, either because, you know, as a kid, it's, not always my parents could drive me to the academy and sometimes it was kind of be far away you know depends where we live and 
but it was I was always around, always involved, always always training as, as I could. Mm. When I take from 14, 15, that's when I started taking seriously. There was I chose to train every day to be really good. And, and uh, from what I understand of it, you kind of understood uh, your potential, even when others couldn't see it. You kind of saw what you were capable of, or you just believed wholeheartedly that this I is what you wanted. I just believed wholeheartedly what I wanted. <laughs> you know, I just knew what I really wanted to do and to achieve. I've never stopped to think, okay, now I have the potential to or, or don't. It wasn't between having or not having and then taking a decision from that. It was just, you know, the day that I've like fell in love with the life of jujitsu was when, you know, my mom is Gracie, mm. even though that my father is a very high uh, skillful and figure in jiu-jitsu but when I was growing up he wasn't in mm. terms of he was before but when my uncle Halls passed away which was his main teacher he was away from jiu-jitsu for many years mm. so and then my parents got divorced I was three so I had two houses my dad and my mom but not until I was a teenager that my father got back into the jiu-jitsu life so ever since I was, you know, Halls died when I was born. I was three months old. Mm. So for, for the whole period of me growing up till I was a teenager, my father wasn't involved in jiu-jitsu much. So that was me just you not know, having a father figure to take me to train and, you know. So I went to, when I was 14, I went to spend my summer holidays with uh, one of my uncles, Helion, which mm. I was, I'm very close. And my, my cousin Halls were living with him. Well, Halls is, I think, three, four years older than me. So I was 14, he was already like 17, I think, at the time. And for the first time, I was like, I had an idea what it is to be a Gracie living, uh, having a jiu-jitsu lifestyle. Mm. My uncle teach twice a day, he spend the day in and out of the academy. He was to wake up, go to the waterfall in the morning, ride horses, go for a run the academy, he talk about jiu-jitsu, back to the academy, and that was like daily, you know. I was like, I fell in love with that lifestyle. I was like, mm. wow, I love this. You know, I, I truly loved what I was uh, living, you know, at that time, talking about jiu-jitsu. My cousin, my uncle was convincing me, I was a slightly out of shape back then. I was a bit of a chubby kid. Like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> like, man, you know, go bless, you gotta diet, you know, lose weight, you need to train, you know, like his, Halsey's house was always bigger. Halls, you know, he's gonna be the heavyweight champion. He had to be the Lala heavyweight champion. You know, got a training that just inspires me. I was just like, wow, I love this. So when I go back home, I was like, I was telling my mom, I was living with my mom back then. I'm like, my uncle invited me to move with him next year. She's like, go for it. Mm. And then next year I went to, I lived with him for about a year. That, how everything changes. So I was like, now I'm like super involved in Jiu-Jitsu. I'm like, that's what I want for my life. How, uh, how close are you to hitting that lifestyle? And how, like, did it last? Is it, was it real? Was it, I, I think a, a big time when people see like a view of something and they think that it's really great, like a lifestyle. Some people see luxurious lifestyles like business and they go after or you see, you know, fame or something like that. But this seems like, this seemed like a wholesome, sustainable lifestyle that you caught on to and it involved jujitsu but it could have been surfing it could have been you know kind of any sport that was relaxing but technical did 
did it hold up to what you thought it would be like? Yeah, of course. Hmm. I mean, because that, that moment for me was like, this is how the greasy, like, you uh, know, everybody in my family, that's how they, that's this lifestyle. It wasn't just him, not yeah. like I want to be like, you know, my uncle, like for me, it just opened my eyes. Like, this is what the Gracie lifestyle is. Everybody teaches, or everybody in my family who lived through jujitsu, for me, that was how they live. You know, they have an academy, they teach a few yeah. times a day, they go out, they talk about, they have the very relaxed style, they train. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so for me, it was just like, that's how every Gracie lives. Yeah. That through jujitsu. So, yeah, like, that, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm a Gracie, that's the life I want for myself. It's almost in your blood to yeah. like fulfill it. Yeah. And it just kind of came to fruition because you were around, you're just exposed to like what was supposed yeah. to be, which is a, kind of a phenomenal thing uh, yeah. when, when you think about it. But I guess uh, it's hard to separate for you because it's just kind of what you've known. Um, that being said, like obviously there's, uh, because your family name carries such a big legacy with this, um, there's a kind of traditional model of jiu-jitsu, a hierarchical one, one that has kind of like created by your family, essentially. Do you, do you see innovation or places where you like to progress the teaching of jiu-jitsu or the learning of jiu-jitsu or the style of it? Have you, have you thought a lot about carving out kind of, um, I guess, for lack of a better term just innovation within that space of how it is progressed or learned uh, about no because i mean those things happen slowly mm -hmm. it's not something i'm going to decide to innovate and then i have to figure out how can i innovate the sport it doesn't mm -hmm. happen like that i think the jiu-jitsu has been uh, changing since day one mm. it's constantly changing constantly evolving i mean look how many people practice this you know, you can, everybody can create your unique style, your unique way of fighting. Mm -hmm. And naturally, when you make someone very efficient, people will try to copy you. Mm -hmm. You know, they, everybody wants to, you know, to be good at it. So they will look for the best ways to, that, can, that they can in the games. Everyone who exhales in, in, in something, people try to copy to, so they can also exhale. That's been from day one. Yeah. So the, the evolution is always there, you know, every different game that you develop you make it very strong and use that game to overcome your opponents everyone will try to simulate that style there's every single fighter that you know exceeds you know that win among others everyone try to copy this style do you do you envision that like trying to capture fire to some sense like the 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 competitor or the champion has developed kind of a, his own spark, his own thing that makes it unique and uh, successful. And by trying to emulate it, you almost lose what made it in the first place. Because I obviously, for, for this example, like your mount game and uh, everybody tries to emulate, like obviously, you know, the best in the world at it. Do you see that as sometimes a mistake as opposed to maybe, maybe not just, just taking the key points is obviously useful because you have technical prowess there. But do you think that that is one of the best things about jiu-jitsu is, is developing your own style, learning what you could be good at and not just trying to emulate other players? Yeah, I mean, everybody developed their own style. I think people are trying to, you know, trying to see how they can grow, you know, how they can get better. So they're trying to look ways to directions where they can go and mm -hmm. improve their games. So I think it's natural, you know, when you, 
when you master something, people will try to absorb that to themselves. Mm. You know, it's, 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 it happens because, I mean, it's, it's not that much. I mean, it's, you know, if you break down jiu-jitsu, it's, it's, it's simple. Mm. It's, you have to dominate your opponent and then submit him. So people are, use, are looking ways how they can dominate my opponent and submit them. Yeah. So when you see somebody submitting everybody, it's like, oh, what, you know. <laughs> if you can submit everybody with that, there must be something really good. So they try to let me see if I can add to my game. Yeah, that's a, I, that was a really interesting point. Something, it took me a very long time to even recognize the purpose of jiu-jitsu, like the overall objective yeah. uh, about submission because there's so much... I, maybe it was just me, but I find this common with a lot of people. And it might be just Americans, and maybe it's outside of like family because you have it's very different i guess um it's a foreign sport to us uh and so we go in learning it and it's the only thing we know how to apply is like the competitive egoistic kind of deal and so you're i think you're missing a big point you're just surviving for years i think (laughs) years i'm just like trying not to die and protect my very small amount of confidence that you have in it um and i i think Maybe that's something you bypassed, not that it was like, maybe it was kind of an advantage, but you, you had this esteem and maybe a family caretaking over what the objective of jiu-jitsu was, which you just defined, which I had to come back to over and over again. It's, it's for submission, dominating an opponent by you know, controlling their body position and then submitting them. Um, and, and this is what I think gets missed in the, uh, in the US culture a lot of the times because there's so much other things going on. Are there other things, and I notice this while you're teaching, obviously, um, people ask you specific questions and it's almost like you're ready for it. Like, you know what the question is gonna come about the technique that you're showing or the thing. Do you think that there's a very common missed subject that you would bring up that's important that most people are unaware of about the overall uh, learning of jujitsu? Uh, no, I think it's normal for sometimes, you know, if you're not told exactly what what jujitsu is, you know, so people get lost. And I mean, everyone thinks, you know, fighting is a fighting, so you're fighting someone, but what's the purpose? And then they say, oh, the purpose is to win, to submit the other person. Yeah, it is. Submit is the, is the end goal. But before the submission, so what are you looking for? Mm. You know, it's, you're looking to dominate your opponent. If, you can, if I can dominate you, I'm winning. Submission is the main, the ultimate mm-hmm. goal. Like that's when like game over. But when it happens from a pinning position, so that means if I can pin you every time, I'm, 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 I will always win. I've, I've heard about this talked about from a couple different people, um, kind of getting more esoteric, people that have moved away from the competitive side of it and they're more or less using it as a medium to explore their mind and their inner workings, which I guess at very high levels, um, it doesn't come up as much because mostly you're, you know, refining things that you've spent so long refining. But is there, um, is there a chance that the ultimate game is actually just continuing the game? Like, obviously, dominating other opponents you've proven through world champions. Um, and now the possible goal is not stopping, right? Like to continue to roll, to continue to play the game. I think this gets developed in chess as well, which you mentioned. But what do you mean? Like um, instead of, if I'm rolling with somebody, we're grappling and I have a chance to just finish it, I might actually want to keep it going. 
I, I want to identify the problem and stop it and move to the next sequence because I actually enjoy the problem solving bit, not the finishing bit. I like to see it coming, see the trap, set a trap, maybe they get a move to the next one. And the longer you can keep this process of like a flow, the more it emulates actual life as opposed to the uh, finite nature of the game. So if, the, if we think of it as like the sport of jujitsu is the finite game, but life is kind of the infinite, I wanna keep going, I wanna keep moving, I wanna keep problem solving. And maybe that is the next phase past competition for you? Yeah, but n n nothing to do with competition. Okay, you cannot see jujitsu as competition. That mm -hmm. is, that's just one small aspect of it. But if you think of fighting, right? It's jujitsu. It's the engagement of two people. So if you think we're gonna engage until there's a winner, mm -hmm. so that's the whole purpose of you sure. know, the, the jujitsu, the fighting. You you engage. And let's see who's going to win. Like you're trying to win, you know, if you fight, you're going to try your best, your skills to try to win, you know, to submit me or to dominate you. And I'm going to do the same with you. If we are, you know, we are both a sort of similar skills. It's very hard to, to, to see who's going to be the winner when there's similar skills. Mm -hmm. So the moment that you win a pinning position, if I can pin you suddenly after a very long fight, I manage to pin you somehow. So like side control, I manage to get them out after a long struggle. So will I let you go and go back to that struggle? I don't know if I'll be able to achieve the same purpose or maybe you will pin me. Mm. And then and if you put me in a bad position, most likely whoever that has a, now you have a massive advantage over the other. If I, you know, we have similar skills, we fight in the guard, it's 50-50. If I'm on top of you, you know, I'm between your legs, or if you're on top of me, it's 50-50, no one is winning. You mm. can pass my guard, I can sweep, like that's, you can have small adventures inside that situation, but we're in an equal po fighting from an equal position. If I mount on you, you, you is unequal. Like mm. I have the total advantage on you. Mm. Now you're defending, purely defending my attacks. You cannot attack me. Don't have to worry about defense. I'm like I'm now. I'm very close to submit you, and you're very far. Mm. You know, from a from a guard, we are equally close and far from a submission. I would still say that you have the advantage. <laughs> no, but you know, that's not, yeah, yeah. That's not me, if yeah. some, somebody else. Equal, equals. yeah. Someone is equal mm -hmm. skills. You know, from a guard point of view, but the moment that I pin you, if I side control or mount, or doesn't matter, back, now we are, you are very far from winning, I'm very close. Mm. Would I let you go? No. Would you, exactly. If there's so gold you, on you, the way. But you try to finish. You, you try to finish your opponent. You wouldn't go back to the guard. Yeah. Where now you're in an equal position again and you might not get, that, get a chance to, to get there because it's equal. Yeah. And then if you let the person go and then he mounts on you or get you in a bad position, and then you tap. And then you're going to see, I had a chance of submitting him, I let him go and then I tap, I lost. Yeah. You never make the same mistake again. So the idea of letting go to carry on, I mean, it's... Why? Uh, I think it's more philosophical in nature is there and on that like is there a is there a philosophy is there underlining philosophical or spiritual practice that holds up your practice your physical practice no there is not nothing none are you very not like in fighting. no not in fighting yeah when you fight you, you one either one is trying to win yeah the, the, the philosophy of fighting for the rest of your life it doesn't exist in fighting hmm. it's just for the match yeah
I mean, but that, that's not from fighting. Yeah. Because where is the philosophy in fighting forever? Mm. So, like not trying to win. So you're just trying to defend yourself. Okay, you're going to defend. Then you can go, okay, back in the days in the, you know, where my grandfather, Elio, you know, the whole, because they was, you know, they were so much smaller than the opponent. So they wouldn't try to win first. They would defend themselves against a bigger person until he's tired. Yeah. When they are tired, now they go for the attack because he, does, he doesn't have the strength to defend himself anymore. And now that you're very tired, I'm going, I don't need as much energy to submit you. Sure. But the end result is still to submit you and to win. Yeah. In the, in the, in the constraints uh, of, the, of the rule set in the actual game, it's trying to win. Do you think that they're, especially with your, your family, I mean, um, well known for being like, you know, 70, 60s, 70s rolling prominently are still using their body to use this art. Is that something that you think about quite a bit now? The longevity? To use the body? Yeah, to, to, to continue the art, to continue to teach, to no, course, like maintain I mean, that, the body. That's, that's what I do, of course. Yeah. I mean, and that's you, why I, you that's mentioned what the I'm other doing. Day. I'm continuously with the legacy yeah, yeah. that my grandfather started. Yeah. What, what um, for your goals in longevity, what do you look to to A, maintain it and, and B, um, what, what's your vision of as you age as an athlete? Like, how do you maintain it? How do you keep after it? And, and what are you looking to do with it? I mean, I'm looking to do exactly what I'm doing. It's, everything is progression, you know, everything is about evolving, trying to get better in everything you do. I think that's the whole purpose of life, growing yeah. and, you know, try to transmit what you know. Mm. That's how life progresses, right? This, this, the cells, you know, mm -hmm. everything about life is, you know, transmitting what information that you know forward. So it's, I mean, if I, that's why I love teaching, because I love to transmit what I know to other people. It's, yeah. Okay. It, that is the, the evolution process, like in a nutshell, through all life is just passing information. Yeah. Um, either it's DNA and it's through yeah. another sequence so. or through its teaching and it's a modality yeah. like that. Um, do you, um, in your longevity, your physical practice, you mentioned the other day how obviously you've trained probably more than most people in this specific sport and you mentioned things that, that unbalances you. Um, what what about it do you think unbalances you and how are you correcting those things? No, I mean, it's physically unbalanced fighting because mm. you you don't work the, the both sides of your body equally. Yeah. doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. It's always unequal. So it's always good to do some extra physical activities that works your whole body equally, like lifting weights, like mm. squats, you know, like exercise that works your whole body mm. that, you know, to, 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 to get that, to make it even muscular your whole body it, yeah. it works both both sides equally so it just you know it creates a, a, a better balance on your body yeah. it makes your body healthier and you mentioned you've always lifted weights but this is something that has shifted in uh ratio like jujitsu to uh, extracurricular lifting yeah. and stuff like that yeah. has shifted lately yeah. Yeah. and you feel like a positive effect from that yeah Nice. How how do you track your progress with the other physical work that you do, or do you or do you do like a maintenance for it? Just maintenance. Just maintenance. Yeah, just maintenance. Nice. What's a typical day for you like that lifting weights? I do squats, lunges, deadlifts, pull-ups, a bit of bench press, but just for <laughs> <laughs> just, just for, for the beach. <laughs> just for the beach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bench press has no effect for fighting. I'll say 
fighting is from chest down. Yeah, exercise. Yeah, yeah. chest up. It's I mean pulling because you know you need to hold back and jujitsu is all about pulling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just and legs. I mean, it doesn't matter. Arms is useless to work. Yeah, because any exercise you do, it naturally works. Your in arms. the actual sport. Yeah, and you don't wanna because we are animals of habit. Mm -hmm. We we do what we program ourselves to do. If you lift heavy weights always, yeah. what we're telling ourselves, that any activity we need to use a lot of power. Yeah. Fighting is the opposite of that. Yeah. It's not using power. If, if, it's, it's the completely opposite. It's the people, the more power you use, the less you will last. Technique, yeah. Technique. The moment yeah. that you're tired, then it's, it's, it, you know, because you, you, you're relying on power. You, you mentioned this the other day. I, I would, I mean, when I see or uh, have seen your like natural strength, I would call you a naturally strong person, but you described yourself as somebody who wasn't naturally strong to begin with. And you think that this is an advantage when you were first learning jujitsu because you had to overcome yeah. with technique. I was never a very strong person physically ever in my mm -hmm. whole life. Like if you see me lifting weights, you're going to say, holy, <laughs> how come? Like I've, not, I've never bench pressed 100 kilos in my whole life. Ever, mm. you know, I never lift heavy weights. Interesting. Ever. I, I mean, maybe it was uh, maybe it was, uh, the one session that we did out at uh, Battersea when you came to train. I could see your speed, like your your muscle fiber type was actually very good. For it was very explosive. It was very quick. We didn't need to load it for me to see that you moved like athletically, which to me tells me much more about your strength than seeing like a maximum deadlift of some sorts because the muscle fiber uh, quality is different uh, but you making note of that originally really helped me when i was first learning to not you like to just back away from it and to give up certain positions if i didn't technically get there but forcing something then it's probably not the natural way to get there and obviously when you're in a fight you turn it all on like max force max speed max everything but the technical aspects of jiu-jitsu are so overwhelming that I think you're, you're right. And I think it doesn't get repeated enough, but is this, uh, is this advice, I mean, in your own schools, in your own curriculum, this is something that you make profoundly, uh, new people profoundly aware of is to just relax or is this just something that get, gets picked up by No, I mean, culture? we're constantly telling people, but it's very hard for people to relax. Yeah. That's why if you want to be really good at anything, you have to start as a kid. Mm. Because the kid, when they're learning, they have no power. Yeah. So they start developing the, the skills with no power. Adults, they will all, always use power in everything they're learning. And to get rid of that is almost impossible. Yeah. So that's why you can be good as an adult, but you'll never be great, ever. Yeah. There's no... It's impossible. I feel that in my bones. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you can. I mean, you can evolve. You can sure. learn how to relax. But for you to be amazing, you yeah. have to start as a kid. Because yeah. you, you, for you to be amazing in a fighting, you have to be relaxed. Mm. And most adults, they they will never fully relax as a kid when they, they because they they were not gonna give up. It's the tension in the body, like they are too afraid to mm. completely let go. It is almost connected to a fear of sorts. I, I think that's um, I think that's dead on. And you see it. Um, I see it with like 
you know, high level wrestlers who learned as a kid who don't do anything and then come in even a little bit later for jujitsu and they have this timing and awareness around their movement patterns that normal people don't have. And that allows them to, you know, advance at least to a little bit. Wrestlers tend to be, you know, very tough to teach them bottom game, but they, they do have this uh, awareness. And same thing with Muay Thai, the kids that develop, they're kicking their range, their, their ability to, um, I guess, just be body aware is like, it's second to none. But adults learning Muay Thai is kind of like a clumsy kind of <laughs> deal. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, you got involved with MMA. What was, what was that transition like? What was the different in culture? And what was your motivation to go into that sport after Jiu-Jitsu? I always knew since I was a kid that I would be doing MMA at some point. Mm. It was natural for it's every Gracie, whoever mm. became you know, a fighter, there was the, they all had that path, mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu, then MMA. They, when they like yeah. got the black belts, they achieved some level, technical level, and now they're ready to test the skills in MMA and kind of defend the jiu-jitsu. So for me, it was natural. I never thought, it was not a choice. For me, it was like, I just had to do it. So it was a, it was a, um, it was a gracie way that every gracie has to do. So it was a responsibility. Yeah. The same way that like, I will have to train jiu-jitsu at some point, I'll have to fight in the main. Fair. Yeah. Uh, do you, um, it, what, what were your thoughts on MMA when you were training it? it was it something that didn't, that didn't take well or that you actually liked better than you thought? Uh, no, I've never liked it as much as I like jujitsu. Mm. For me, it was harder the fact that I, I'm a slow starter, mm. always. I've always been a, a slow starter. I don't start very fast. In MMA, you're forced to start fast. Yeah. So it's physically, it's much harder for me to fight MMA when mm. I have to start fast. So it was, it was a physical challenge more than anything else fighting mm. MMA because I couldn't start the fight slow. Yeah. Because it's much faster, so it's you know, you just can relax a lot more and you can pick your pace as the you fight can goes ramp on. up. Yeah, MMA, you cannot it's snap and then snap. go, you, you, it's fast. I and that is, that is specifically that that seems like that that is in the tissues, like teaching yourself that it, it was uh, in not that it's the same thing, but I we do you know how we train. And jiu-jitsu, these long two-hour, you know, rolls that are fun and, you know, they're beatdowns because I'm getting smashed the whole time. And then you go to a tournament and you got like six minutes and it's a different tempo. You know, two hours from six minutes, the time duration doesn't allow you to pick up. So I imagine, especially because MMA, the, the fear of both competitors is probably a little bit higher than jiu-jitsu. The risk of injury is greater um, because anybody can just get a concussion, knocked out, something like that. So maybe that uh, amplifies it and that puts you way outside of what you've developed over the course of your life. Um, how many fights did you take in MMA? 10. 10 fights. And then you knew when you were done, you were done. Yeah. yeah it was pretty good. What uh, I know, talking to Victor uh, a long time ago, he was getting into triathlon. Are there other sports that you want to explore? Uh, I mean, I love sports in general. I never really got really deep into anything. I've done you know, wrestling, judo mm -hmm. as part of my training. I mean, I love surfing. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, yeah, I think in terms of sports, that was pretty much it. I mean, 
Olympic lifting if you call that sport. Now it's more about enjoyment of the yeah. you know, body. Kind of footballs. Mm. Well, I think football is hard, the hips, you know, <laughs> it makes your hips very tight and your legs, so it's like injuries for knees. Yeah, yeah. So I never really play regularly, only haven't played for a few years, but it's, you know, as with friends, yeah. I play. You throw me a ball here, I'll, you know, I'll play with my friends. Yeah. It's just fun to play football with friends. Cutting angles competitively yeah. as a 45 plus gets yeah. a little bit yeah. rough. <laughs> I can understand that 100%. Yeah. Uh, do you, uh, you moved to, this is kind of a, just a personal, when you grew up in Brazil, what brought you to the UK? Uh, my dad, he started teaching in the UK when I was a teenager. Mm. So it was easier for me to go there and, you know, open my first gym. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm a friend of mine, you know, he helped me to open my first academy. Yeah. So when the opportunity arrived, I was like, okay, let's go. Nice. Then I moved over 20, and then never knew how long I was going to stay in London, never thought about, you know, living there for a long, long time. Yeah. But here I am. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I, I went to London and thought the same thing. It's like, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a time, there's just a stopwatch timing my ability to stay here, but it, it does become, I think, different once you are there for quite a while. You start to adapt to it. I was pretty happy to leave <laughs> when I got to, but uh, this is kind of an interesting question for us. Uh, we, we're, we're very into like, the idea that the environment makes somebody. Um, it's not necessary in learning the same thing like obviously great teachers and mentors make a huge difference but it's mostly the environment that the teacher sets up for a student that allows them to like learn very quickly or better or retain the information uh, when you started your own gym um, your, your school what are some of the things that you wanted to do personally that separates you from other jiu-jitsu gyms besides your your name obviously uh, I mean, I've just tried to always improve in any aspect of my life I can. I think the gym is a reflection of that. Mm. I'm always trying to make it better in every way I can. Mm. It's, you know, it's better in every aspect. You know, uh, you know with, the, with the looks, the, how it looks, mm -hmm. you know, the mats, the, the teaching the experience that they can have, I mean, anything, from the moment that they walk in to the moment that they walk out. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, I love jujitsu. I love being around the academy. It's, you know, I have great friends that train with me for many years, you know, students who, be, who became my friends. And it's, jujitsu has a great atmosphere. You know, every, if you can create the right atmosphere in the gym, I mean, people love to train. They love to go there. And my gym is my temple. You know, I'm trying to have the best academy I can ever have. Constantly improving. Yeah. So constantly evolving. Make it look nicer, bigger, you know, more pretty. Mm -hmm. The best service I can give to the students in every mm -hmm. aspect I can. So it's, I mean, that's my, that's what I look to, you know, to achieve. The moment that you don't grow, yeah. you, yeah. you know, you start dying. <laughs> you know, things get worse so you're yeah. constantly evolving making better so it's you know now I have amazing gym yeah it's I travel a, lo a lot around the world I teach in many schools yeah. I haven't seen one gym that I consider better than mine not because it's mine maybe it is I don't know yeah. but I have a great feedback from everybody you know people love to train there I have great all my, my instructors most of them they were my student yeah so it creates that family environment that is it's so tight. great to have yeah um, that 
that, that's, a, that's a really good point um, of how tight knit it felt there when I was there. It was like, a, it's a big group, obviously. There's like tons of students, but it does feel like very local. It does feel not out of hand. I've been to other big schools that, and you do walk in and it's kind of like a Chinese military camp and it's very, you know, not to, it gets obviously some kind of reaction uh, or some kind of like standard out of it. But I, I think that that was remarkable. And one of the things that changed my mind on jujitsu originally was actually just going to your school for the first six months that I was starting as, and seeing that like, oh, this isn't like an MMA gym where pink mohawks and like people are super aggressive just to like, it felt more, maybe, and maybe that's what you set of what you grew up with. Would that be fair to assume? Yeah, slightly rougher. Sure. <laughs> On that note, like this is um, watching, obviously you've been jujitsu your whole life, watching the changes that take place. Um, obviously there was a time period where there was like a lot of gyms beefing with each other, challenging each other, a lot of like kind of inner fighting within the community of jujitsu as a whole. Have you watched that stuff dissipate uh, a little bit or do some of the, issues still kind of cross over? Is it much, I feel like it's much calmer now than it would have been 20 years ago. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I think before, you know, when, when I was growing up, first there was not that many schools. Mm. It was like, like maybe a fifth yeah. of what it is or maybe more. Mm. And you had big schools, a few big schools. There was like, everybody used to train on the, every team used to be from one school and a massive team from us, everybody used to train together. So, you know, the gym that I grew up, Gracie Baja, I mean, there were so many high level competitors, people training, they were like, you know, so the, the nucleus of that gym was like so strong and you almost don't want to mix with the nucleus from another gym because they compete against each other. Like, you know, there's every weight division, every belt, you know, you're competing against people from the other schools. So that, that's why there wasn't, any mix, you know, and mm. we, no, no one wanted people from other school to come. You're right. gonna learn no secrets. You're gonna, you know, see how this guy trained his game, and you're gonna tell the guy who he's gonna fight in the next tournament. Yeah. So that's why there was like no mixing. Mm -hmm. But there was, it wasn't that. It's, you know, it, it was still friendly outside mm -hmm. most of the times, <laughs> but like inside there was no mix much. Yeah. I think the difference now is those big schools they don't exist anymore because now everybody who's to train and compete at their schools now everybody has their academies yeah even though so they, they're still part of the same team but now everybody's spread around the world with their own academy so it's almost like you you don't have that much easy access to people to train with so it's everybody's spread out so you have to yeah. go different places to train with people sometimes yeah, I see that, um, and maybe that reflects kind of my own, I obviously belong to a school, but even in my own town, I go to four different gyms, yeah. you know, it depends on the day. Everybody tends to be pretty cool with everybody, and if there is a match coming up between two schools, people are pretty, I guess, naturally respectful about exchanging and, and being yeah. like keeping those people separate so that they can have the match and it's fair for everybody around. And maybe that's something that's changed. Uh, since I'm late to jujitsu, I was just wondering. I hear stories of enforcers. I've only seen it a couple times. Generally, nobody comes in and challenges anybody anymore. Yeah. But that was a very normal part of the uh, of owning gyms in the original like jujitsu days, no doubt. Yeah. Were you ever an enforcer of some sort? No, 
in, in terms of you mean they force us to yeah like uh, challenges people come into the gym to uh, I don't know prove themselves no no I mean that that really happens because first when I was growing up no one would come into a gym to challenge anyone mm. I mean they knew like who somebody that doesn't train jiu-jitsu mm. I mean I come from Rio and my family being you know my my grandfather moved to Rio in the early 90s mm. everybody knew who the Gracie was like who people from other martial arts yeah they already been beaten up by <laughs> by people in my family in, in, in already in been five, proven. exactly so yeah. everybody knew there was no need to prove deficiency of jiu-jitsu gotcha. ever since I was born that was proven before yeah interesting you know the Gracie challenges you know when my when the the, the Gracie jiu-jitsu first is starting to get known was through fights to challenge other martial arts yeah so that that that's already been proven when I when I was born yeah and like growing up there was no there would be like oh only people from other jiu-jitsu schools might want to fight you in, in, in but that would happen in tournaments not really no one used to yeah. come to schools no in actual schools yeah I, I think I my my father had a little when he first came to the UK because mm. in the UK no one knew what jiu-jitsu was okay then then people used to walk into his academy to try to challenge him or like yeah. hey, what's this jiu-jitsu so he had a, a rougher time okay. than I did <laughs> so I, maybe <laughs> that's the same teaching. thing because obviously uh, being like obviously inside the US not in California it, it might have been very very similar um, for schools that I was involved with like they didn't get the challenging thing until later earlier 2000s you know yeah. because jiu-jitsu was still kind of new and being proven but yeah. if you came from it from Rio and it was already established and you're from one of the best schools it's kind of already a dominant yeah. thing and then in America when the UFC were created by yeah. my cousin then yeah I mean everybody knew <laughs> you know what the great jiu-jitsu was so no one would after that no yeah. one ever came to jiu-jitsu school to yeah I would hate to be a challenger <laughs> it doesn't sound yeah, like a good time you already know it would be fairly arrogant to to do it but yeah, I, I wonder if it were, if you caught any um, vision to that that being said, like on the development and evolution of uh, jiu-jitsu, you mentioned, um, I saw in a kind of another uh, interview about what, what went down with Masters and what was going on at the same time, this big, huge event for jiu-jitsu. More people than there's more competitors, more everything, more brands, more. With the growth of jiu-jitsu um, that you're seeing, is this, is this what you is this kind of what you imagine it becoming like a very world dominant sport something as big as soccer something is you know that rides on the same level as a mainstream sport uh i never really stopped to think how big jiu-jitsu was gonna get mm. to be honest with you but i'll say over the past like maybe f few years i'll say from five years mm. to now i can have a vision of how big jiu-jitsu is and how big it can still grow i mean there's there's no limit i don't know how big it can grow but mm -hmm. i know now that's gonna it's, it's it's massive like it's it's already the biggest martial arts by far by far than everybody else and i think five years from now i mean there'll be more jiu-jitsu schools than all the other martial arts combined for yeah. sure because it's none can compare to jiu-jitsu none there is no other martial arts that is as fun to train mm -hmm. It's the, the as nice atmosphere yeah. that makes you feel good. You can train with your family members. You can train with everybody. Like nothing compares to jujitsu. No disrespect for any other martial arts, but sure. 
I mean, the moment that you you add punch and kicking, it's not fun. <laughs> I mean, it's not fun. Yeah. Like it, then it's a young man's game. It's yeah. fun when you're young, yeah. very young. I mean, now you can punch and kick your friends. Yeah. You know, you can do a bit of sparring with your friends when you're 20. You know, like you know, put the gloves on. Yeah. Let's let's take change some punches. I mean, it's fun. You still be friends afterwards, yeah. but because you're young, yeah. you don't do that when you're 40. No. You won't do that when you're 50. Yeah. Like there is no longer, you know, the moment that you're getting hit in the head, <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, you will stop. I'm like, I'm going to do something else with my life. Yeah, I think it was like 24 and I was like looking at my toes, always being broken from yeah. kicking. So I was like, I, got, yeah, exactly. I can't I mean, run, I can't yeah. walk around. And I'm pretty amateur, just, you know, but it, you're right there. There is a, the impact of most martial arts makes it unsustainable. Yeah. Still, obviously a vital practice and it's, uh, it's a valuable asset to know how to strike and how to kick obviously for self-defense and the sport version of it but I think that is one of the peculiar things that gives mass appeal to jiu-jitsu is the fact that you know uh, people our size can roll with you know almost children or females that are half our size and still still enjoy the process of jiu-jitsu yeah. um, I think just because I want to be mindful of your time uh, and let you get back to it because we're enjoying this event and I want you to uh, enjoy it. What, um, are you looking at competitors now? And do you have like, stylistically, do you like certain competitors where they're developing and how they are uh, approaching the sport that, uh, that you're taking kind of uh, maybe some information back and liking how they're doing things? Or is that something that you yeah, kind of- no, of course, out? I mean, I, I like people's style that they try to progress in the fight. Mm. They're constantly trying to dominate the opponent and ultimately looking for a win, not just to stall and you know put yeah. themselves in a situation that you would stop your opponent moving or trying to progress the fight. That's a very insecure way of fighting. Yeah, you need freedom. You know, let's let's fight. Don't wrap your gear around me in which in a way that I cannot move yeah. because you're too insecure to let me go. Gotcha. So I think jujitsu it was that for a little while, but I think now. You know, I can see the new generation mm. coming in to really trying to improve them, you know, to prove themselves, trying mm. to be champions, trying to win, looking for the finish, not trying to uh, how to win. You know, they want to mm. fully dominate the opponent and win. Not gaming, but, yeah. but really the spirit is to dominate yeah. and submit. Yeah. Awesome. That's when the fight is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there's a beautiful way to watch a fight yeah. when they, they, they really go, trying to fight each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, any pleasure. Anything else you wanna? Uh, no. Thanks. <laughs> Thank times. you very much, Roger. Thanks, I appreciate brother. it. Take care. Thanks, Thank man. you very much. <laughs>